Mary chose to be with the Lord, to sit at Jesus' feet and to listen to his words, despite the conflicting cultural demands and ideology. Despite family expectations concerning the role of women in the time, her cultural place was to be in the kitchen, but her desire was to be in the presence of the Lord. You know, I can open up the Word of God and read a number of things to you as we get this podcast started. But as I've struggled and prayed and and tried to figure out what I should do in conversation, the world has happened around us and and it's led me to hear. And, And... on the heels of what happened last weekend in Washington, D.C., where uh, many came together, they prayed and they marched in D.C., they protested through prayer um, for the kingdom of God, and they prayed for his, uh, you know, with the return and the prayer march and everything that's been going on around us. And the thoughts that have been going through my head over the last week as we see the things that are happening around us in this world. The hatred, the vitriol, the arguing, the the bitterness. And I got to thinking about a number of different places in God's word, and and especially in the book of Luke. And uh, one is, you know, the story of Jesus when they show up to Martha and Mary's home. And Martha welcomed Jesus into the home and was busy being the homemaker that she was while Mary, her sister, decided to sit at the feet of Jesus. And Martha got distracted by the tasks and she came up and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to give me a hand. The Lord said to Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice and will not be taken away from her. What? As we look at this, can we learn from that for today? Well, I could go through a number of different things, but the the reality simply is this, that sometimes distractions can be a problem in our relationship with God. And I've looked at the world around us today and I realized that distractions are a problem in our relationship with God. Distractions have been a problem. And the fact was that Martha was concerned. The concern that Jesus had was for Martha. She was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made for this meal or whatever it was she was trying to put together. She complained about Mary's lack of help apparently due to her devotion to Christ and his teaching. And he said, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. One thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that one thing. That's essentially what Jesus says to Martha. Even though Martha's intentions were well, or her distractions were well intended, she was missing an opportunity to listen and enjoy the presence of Jesus. You know, he's deserving of our deepest devotion. He is deserving of our attention, 
our focus. And he alone fully can enable us to overcome any of life's distractions. And as we look at this, as we think about this, and as we go through this, this is something I think we've truly forgotten today in the times that we're living. We've become distracted. Now, I I say this because when I look around, as much as I have grown to dislike social media platforms, one thing that I will say it's good for is to show us where distractions are. You go through the posts of a Christian and you never see the mention of God, but you see the mention of a political candidate or an argument about a, a virus or whatever it might be, but we we don't see them mention the Lord nearly as much. They, they're distracted by the things, and, and it may all be good intended. It may all be well intended, but folks, we've got to understand something today. See, I come on this podcast to do this alone today because it's a message that I feel the Lord has laid on my heart. And and I think we can learn a lot from this story of Jesus' visit to the home of Mary and Martha. Martha and Mary, that story comes immediately following the parable of the Good Samaritan. Where we we see that, you know, Martha's distraction brought a loving challenge from Jesus But after the death of her brother Lazarus, we see that she was fully focused on Jesus. She affirmed her confidence that Jesus had a special relationship with God and then declared her belief in the coming resurrection. Ultimately, she voiced her clear conviction that Jesus was the son of God. And eternal life was not gained in doing but receiving. We have to hear and believe. And Martha missed it. But Mary got it. If you want to look at that story I was just mentioning, it's in John chapter 11, verses 17 through 27. But how can we battle those distractions today? How can we not allow ourselves to be so wrapped up in the things of this world that we're missing what's really happening? Well, first is we need to fight this desire, this desire to bring others into our distractions. Think about that for a moment. We, we get so wrapped up and we, we have an opinion and we want to share it and we try to get it out there and we want everyone on our side. See, the problem with Martha was not that she was busy serving and providing hospitality. That is something we do as, as followers of Christ. It's we serve. We reach out. We do for others. Certainly, Jesus commends that kind of service to the neighbor many times in, in God's word. Notably, the parable of the Good Samaritan. Reaching out to the one who needs you. The story that he had just finished telling the problem with Martha was not that she was serving but that she was worried and distracted that she was well the word translated distracted in verse 40 has the connotation of being pulled or dragged in different directions Um, 
perispado. See, Martha's distraction and worry left no room for the important aspect of hospitality, that gracious attention to the guest. She was so wrapped up in what she, quote, needed to do that she forgot to reach out and care. In fact, she broke all the rules of hospitality by trying to embarrass her sister in front of everyone. By going to the guest that is at your home and saying, well, why don't you tell her to come help? Why don't you tell her she's doing this wrong? Why don't you tell her? How many times have we tried to bring someone else into our problems and our discussions and our frustrations? She asks Jesus to intervene in what should have been a private family conversation. She even goes so far as to accuse Jesus of not caring about her. Lord, do you not care? See, Martha's worry, her distraction, prevent her from being truly present with Jesus in that moment. And it causes her to drive a wedge between her sister and herself and between Jesus and herself. What Martha was doing was missing out on the one thing that she needed for true hospitality. There is no greater hospitality than listening to your guest. How much more so when the guest is Jesus? So Jesus told her that Mary had chosen the better road, that Mary was doing what is right, which will not be taken away from her. Jesus says, I'm not going to tell her that. I think God's telling a lot of us today, the prayers we're praying, the things we're saying, the arguments we're getting into. I think God's saying, look, stop, listen, children. Do you hear yourselves? See, Jesus' words to Martha may see, they may seem like an invitation rather than a rebuke. Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. And that one thing that Martha needed was the gracious, the gracious presence of Christ. She needed the presence of Jesus in her life. She needed to stop, to listen to his words, to know that she was valued not for what she does or how well she does it, but for who she is as a child of God. And in our culture, this, the hectic schedules, the relentless pursuit of productivity, we are tempted to measure our worth by our busyness, by how much we accomplish, by how well we meet the expectations of others. So I wanted to address that. Because many people today are like Martha. We identify with Martha. We feel pulled in different directions. We feel worried and distracted by the things that are going on in this pandemic and in the world around us. And it seems to be common threads of our life in this fast-paced society we live that came to a screeching halt this past summer. Remember the words of Jesus in Luke twelve twenty five. Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? You know, we, we know that worrying does no good. Much of what we worry about is not so important in the larger scheme of things, but yet we cannot 
seem to stop the anxiety, the anxious thoughts, the frantic activity, the busyness of life. It's true that a lot of our busyness and distraction stems from the noblest of intentions. That's, you know, just like Martha. We want to provide for our families. We want to give our children every opportunity to enrich their lives. Uh, We want to serve our neighbors. We want to serve the Lord. But where would the church be without its Marthas, right? Where would society be without the Marthas? Those who perform the tasks of hospitality and service so vital to making the church a welcoming and well-functioning community or even more so in, in the terms of society, those who are fighting the battles for justice or those who are fighting on the front lines of health care, trying to convince everyone else that they need to do this to save the world. Now, I'm not at all coming against any of that. But we need to understand something today. If all of our activities leave us with no time to be still in the presence of the Lord and hear God's word, we will end up anxious and troubled. And we are likely to end up with a kind of service that is devoid of love and joy and is resentful of those around us. See, we must listen and do. Receiving God's word and serving others are vital to the Christian life. They're as vital as inhaling and exhaling if we're breathing. You can't breathe if you don't do both. But how often do we forget to breathe in deeply? Trying to serve without being nourished by God's word. uh, It would be like expecting good fruit to grow on a tree that is dead. It's been uprooted. It's been cut down. It's like cutting down the apple tree, then going out and trying to collect the harvest when it's time. Well, if you cut it down in the spring, it's not going to grow in the fall or in the summer. We, we know that Jesus invites all of us who are worried and distracted by many things to sit and rest in his presence, to hear his words of grace and of truth, to know that we are loved and valued as children of God, to be renewed in faith and strengthened for service. See, there's a need of only one thing, attention to Christ, attention to our guest. Our guest is also our host (laughs) in this conversation, however. It's our host with abundant gifts to give. And then as we go through this and we think about this, we desire for others to participate in that. But what we need to be doing is putting our cares In Jesus, if I worry, I'm saying that God doesn't care, right? But the scripture says he does. He cares for you. And if we come back to this verse, uh, you know, in verse 41 of what I read, it gives us something to think about. The word tells us that we are to not have care. And yet the Lord does care. Is this a contradiction? Of course not. The Bible doesn't contradict itself. The word cares and he cares for you is a different Greek word. It's malay, meaning that someone or something is the object of care, the object of attention, love and thoughtfulness rather than anxiety. Christians are the objects of God's love and therefore he does care about them. His children, he cares about his creation. Not that he's worried or anxious about us, but he does feel a personal interest in us. 
There's a difference between anxiety and care. And that's something that we have to truly understand today. We're dependent upon God. We must be dependent upon God. We, we have to be. But as we think about that, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. God says, I'll take care of the burden. Don't give it a thought. Leave it to me. Let me handle this. That's what he says to us today. Dependent children are not backward about asking for favors. I mean, they would be, the kids wouldn't be normal if they didn't boldly make their needs known. Sometimes it's in the wrong place in the wrong time. But God is keenly aware that we are dependent upon him for all of the necessities of life. It was the reason that he said, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. Do you ever wonder if God really cares? Do you struggle with that in your life? When we doubt that God cares, we insult him, honestly. And, and I think we need to understand that today. The disciples heaped a gross indignity upon God, upon the Lord, when they said in the midst of the storm, Master, don't you care that if we perish? Of course he cared. He wasn't worried about the storm. He didn't say, let's set sail and be drowned, did he? He had said, let us pass over to the other side. The anxiety of the disciples showed that they were carrying their care instead of casting it on him. They, they didn't trust. Now think again about Martha, who was somewhat overanxious and about these temporal provisions that she needed to provide. She was wrapped up in the affairs of the world. And she said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Well, of course he cared. He was more concerned about Martha than she was for herself because she was filled with sinful care, the anxiety that breeds self-pity. The Lord saw the disease that had fastened itself upon her heart and he said, Martha, you are careful and troubled about many things. You are worried. Calm down. Martha had many admirable qualities, but she lacked the one thing she needed most in that moment. And it was the quality her sister Mary possessed when she sat at the feet of Jesus and listened to his word. Mary had no worry because she had cast it on Jesus. God has given us the remedy for the anxieties that arise from our trials, from the struggles, from the things that are going on around us in this world today God has given us the remedy and it is to be still and to know that he is God. It is to open his word and to sit at his feet and listen and study and learn. It's not to fight the battles. It's not to say, Lord, don't you care that we're perishing? It's not to say those things. It's a distinctive characteristic of Christianity that Christ cares for those who put their trust in him. Christians can bring all of their anxieties to the Savior. Followers of Christ can cast their care upon him because he cares for them. Not some of them, not many of them, not most of them, but all of them. We need to think about what Peter said you know all scriptures god breathed uh, is what 
Paul wrote, but Peter, inspired by that, said we do not throw off our trials and afflictions, but we do get rid of the worries they cause. First Peter 5, 7 talks about that. And then we need to choose the good. We need to choose the, our, our focus needs to be on Christ. You know, if we step back from the story a moment and we look at Mary, why was Mary listening at Jesus' feet and not hosting alongside her sister? Why was Mary in the presence of the Lord when her cultural upbringing demanded that she should be in the kitchen helping? Mary is following the first great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. Mary has chosen the good part is what Jesus said. It is a choice that she made to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to his word. But choosing that will not happen automatically. In fact, it will often be the last thing that we think about. When, when the crowd starts throwing these things at you and you start going through these difficult days, the last thing we think about is to sit at the feet of Jesus and just be patient and understand. It's not a one-time choice either. We have to continually to choose we have to continually choose to sit at his feet day in and day out. See, there's a lot of good things, seemingly better things, but the best thing is always to be at the feet of Jesus, to be seated there as Mary was and listening. I heard a college professor say one time, never say you have to spend time with God, but always say you have to invest time with him in fact i i like a better version of that statement that says never say you have to spend time with god say i get to spend time with him see what about martha martha appears to be a woman who valued serving she seemed to be a hard-working thoughtful woman who believed a hearty meal a clean home clean clothes tidiness were next to godliness she was a good woman, a godly woman, and no doubt a very clear understanding of what a woman in her time was and was not to do when guests were in the home. And seeing Mary at the feet of Jesus, listening and not doing what was expected of, here, of her, appears to have driven uh, Martha crazy. She got angry. She got jealous and frustrated, and she demanded that Jesus intercede on her behalf. Jesus' response to Martha was quite surprising. He didn't say, Martha, you're right. Mary should be acting like a good host. He didn't tell Mary, woman, you should be about serving your Lord and not sitting around here listening to me. Jesus told Martha, you're worried and upset about something. About many things. But only one thing is needed and Mary has chosen. Mary's chosen what's better. And I will not take it away from her. What did he mean by Mary has chosen what is better? Mary chose to be with the Lord, to sit at Jesus' feet and to listen to his words, despite the conflicting cultural demands and ideology. Despite family expectations concerning the role of women in the time, her cultural place was to be in the kitchen. But her desire was to be in the presence of the Lord. Today, in the world we are in, the 
culture wants to tell us where we need to be, how we need to think, and how we need to act. But our desire should be to be at the feet of Jesus. See, Martha chose to do things for Jesus, but it wasn't what Jesus said was needed at the time. Mary sought to be in the presence of the Lord, and she did what the Lord said was needed, what was better, and what would not be taken away. Will you choose what is better today? We have a great opportunity to do wonderful things for the Lord. We can evangelize to our neighbors, fellowship with other Christians, become involved in ministries, lead prayer groups, teach Sunday school, the list goes on. But we need to be careful that we do not place doing things for the Lord above desiring presence with the Lord. Desiring a passion for him. We need to be passionate about our Lord today. Mary knew and acted on that. Our world longs for the blessing of Christians who have a passion for Christ. They just don't know it. Christians bring a breath of fresh divine air into this otherwise stale world view that we have going on around us. Regrettably, far too many believers start out with a great passion for Christ at their conversion and end up having a stale, barren relationship with him. Maybe they're saved. Maybe they're joyful sometimes. But they're not passionate about Christ. A.W. Tozer, uh, reflecting upon the lack of a holy desire for God in the Christian community, said it is a solemn thing and no small scandal in the kingdom to see God's children starving while actually seated at the Father's table. Wait, what? It is a solemn thing and no small scandal in the kingdom to see God's children starving while actually seated at the Father's table. Meaning the food is in front of you. Everything is right there. You're choosing not to eat. Henry Blackaby made the statement that God is far more interested in a love relationship with you than he is in what you can do for him. Chuck Colson, president of Prison Fellowship Ministries, said that God doesn't want our success. He wants us. God wants us. He doesn't want our social warrior. He doesn't want our community events. He doesn't want our um, he, he doesn't want us in that form. All God wants is us. God wants us. Success comes when we come to God, when we have that relationship, when we sit at the feet of Jesus, because he's doing the work. It has nothing to do with us doing all the work to try to get it done, because when we're doing that, we're becoming distracted at those who are not also doing the work. Sometimes we need to sit at the feet of Jesus and be where we need to be, and it will not be taken away. When we battle distractions in our life, we have to position our focus on Christ who will take all the worries and troubles. Come unto me, all who are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. The idea of a yoke, yes, a yoke is heavy, but two, carrying the yoke is lighter than one. 
our distraction lead us to try and carry the yoke ourselves when Jesus is so quietly saying to us, come, you're broken, you're hurting, you're, you're, you're in need. And he's saying, take my yoke. I'm here too. Together, we're going to get through this. Together, we're going to carry this through. But you cannot do this on your own. You're distracted and you mean well. But take a rest and sit at my feet. Do not be distracted by the things around you in this world today. Folks, what we need to see today is that in the midst of the social battles, the, the quote injustices, the fights that are happening amount around us, that maybe we need to just be still and know that he is God. We need to be still and sit at his feet and rest in him and take it all in and take in his teaching and open his word. God doesn't want our success. He wants us. He wants us. That is what we can rest in today. That is what we can see today. It is all a matter of perspective. It's a matter of us finding the right perspective about God and his word. We have to. We we need to understand today that our perspective of the world matters. That the distractions that are keeping us busy, that are causing nothing more than a separation of us and God need to stop. Hatred cannot exist in a world that is intended for love. God loves you and he calls on us to love one another as he has loved us. Let's go before the Lord in prayer as we wrap this up today. But I hope that you see in his word today what that truly is for us today. Be more like Mary, not so much like Martha. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to come together in a podcast, Lord, in, in an opportunity to serve you. But God, I pray that we be a lot of Mary today, not so much Martha. Not that Martha's intentions were wrong, Lord. But the Lord, she didn't take the time. She got distracted by the things of this world. Lord, help us to not be distracted by those things today. God, help us to not buy into the hatred, to the vitriol, to the things that are going on around us. But Lord, to be your servants who are still and, and rest at your feet and know that you are God and, and follow and listen. As you take care of the things around us. Lord, I pray that we would do what you have us to do today. That we, like Mary, would rest at your feet and just listen today. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you have given us a hope in you. Lord, help us to see you for who you are for what you do 
and to love you the way that you've called us to love, to love others the way that you've called us to love. And God, help us to find our way through the troubles of today. Lord, be with this nation, be with this world, be with each and every one who might hear this today. Lord, we just thank you for your blessings. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in with the Where the Wild Things Aren't podcast. You can join us each week. We try to get an episode up by 12 noon every Friday. and We are very blessed to be able to bring this to you. Hope that you can find peace where the wild things aren't. Listen on wherever you listen to your podcast. Follow it. Click it to download so you can get the newest episodes. And again, we thank you for listening to Where the Wild Things Aren't.